Hello, and welcome to Kids Get Acquainted with the Internet, a Girl Meets World podcast. I'm Dan. I'm Caitlin. And I'm Keith. And today we're discussing Season 2, Episode 16 of Girl Meets World, entitled Girl Meets Cory and Topanga. This podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Visit audibletrial.com slash gmwpodcast for your free audiobook download. Alrighty. Alrighty, righty. Yes, we're going. All right. Um... No one's saving wow. me from this? Okay. That All was right. terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I don't right. even kind of understand. Do I make you nervous, Dan? Yeah. We haven't podcasted together I, in a while. I know, Caitlin. All right. What? Um, <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we are doing this. We're doing this early again like last week, except that this time the hope and the attempt is that we will keep this to a moderate level of time length. And then How long was last week's? Seven years. Two and a half hours. Get poor Jeremy Pape. <laughs> I'm sorry, honey. <laughs> <laughs> and so we're going to try to keep it to more level and then do a supplemental like half hour mail time thing sometime before the next episode so that we can include more of your thoughts too because we knew if we did it early again, it gets rid of the whole mail time thing and we didn't want to lose that. So that's the hope. Um, before we get into grading and everything, I just want to throw out, this is written by Josh Jacobs, so Michael Jacobs' son, which obviously adds a whole meta letter level to now, this episode. Now, is this the son that... Uh, was Josh. Yeah, on, that played yes. Josh yes. In, the, in the times that he was needed. Okay. Yes, so obviously given the messages of this episode, there is a whole other level here when you know that it's written by the son of someone who wrote a very famous thing and has, you know, has a lot of accomplishments. And it's directed by Ben Savage. All right, so we apparently have a uh, polarization this week on Kagawi, and so I'm going to So we've ordered some really nice sunglasses. Mm-hmm. But I thought people weren't magnets. People, yes, people are not magnets. <laughs> like forces do not repel, they involve people. All right, so Keith, Unless you're going to go they're first. they're robot people. We're going to go with increasing grade level. Why does that make me laugh so Why is it? This is like the most awkward podcast we've done, like literally ever, which is pretty bad. Mm. Um, I think please. it might have something to do with the robot people. <laughs> Keith, so please funny? grade the episode. Mm. That's what you'd want me to do if you were one of those. You'd want me to? Robot people, isn't it? Caitlin, please grade. I'm so sorry. This isn't funny. <laughs> All right. Whilst watching this episode, I really did go through a lot of what you might call a roller coaster of an experience. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought there was a lot of funny points, and I was really interested in a lot of things that happened. That being said, there's a lot of things that I was like, I felt really cheesy to me, or just kind of like extremely mediocre i just don't know how to put it other than that i will say that overall i enjoyed the viewing experience and the overall takeaway of the episode Mm. at the same time i really felt like it was not an episode of girl meets world i was really confused by the stylistic choices and i i feel like i would have enjoyed it a lot more like a lot more if it wasn't a normal production run episode and if it was some sort of weird special because honestly this is one of the most surreal and weirdest things i've ever gone through mm. and although i enjoyed it to some degree because of that 
I don't know that I could really get into it as a Girl Meets World episode. I really felt like this is just best friends whenever. So, or mixed with like That's So Raven or something like that. You know what I mean? There was a lot of weird, like, completely outside the universe things that I can get into. I just felt like they used too many at once and it was almost like I was watching a completely different show that being said for the, for the first time ever I am seriously I have no clue I have zero <laughs> idea what I'm going to grade it because okay. I'm just going to give it want to grade it at the end? I'm just going to give it a huh that's cool <laughs> okay okay interesting, interesting. alright maybe we, maybe you will come up with a grade by the end of this episode but I will come up with points Okay. I don't know if that'll come up with a grade. So Ainsworth A is going to have to write, ha, that's cool, into yeah. the Excel spreadsheet for what your grade was this week. <laughs> wow, I'm sorry. That's also going to make adding it really hard. Uh, I'm pretty sure it counts for at least seven. Okay. <laughs> Caitlin? <laughs> hi, everyone. Yep. So, uh, say, hi, say, hi, Caitlin. Say your, say your name, major, and favorite book. I had to do that so much this week. Did you really? Well, in not your my senior favorite, well, year, um, not my favorite book, but we also, but like, tell us something about yourself. What makes you you? What makes you tick? Check what, check this like, kid as, out. <laughs> other than the generic questions, we had to say like something interesting about yourself, or what do you think a social movement is, uh, or what do you want to get out of ancient Greek, or, or, or oh, I didn't do it in one class. Today so. I was handed a Bernie Sanders flyer at a farmer's market. Feel the burn. That's what I said to the guy. <laughs> Caitlin, please, gr- please grade this episode. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'll get into grading now. So I, I enjoyed this episode. I thought it was fun. I thought it was cute. It made me smile. It made me laugh. It made me confused, <laughs> too, in a lot of ways. But I it honestly felt very Boy Meets World mm. in a lot of ways. But one thing I noticed that is now starting to really bother me about Girl Meets World now that they're gaining popularity and they're... So I assume that their budget isn't so restricted yeah. anymore. And, you know, they, with the new the new sets really brought this to me, to attention to me. I really don't like the camera style. It feels like I'm playing, like, an old, two, like, 2D video game <laughs> where they can only go Left and on right. one... Yeah. yeah. And it's really upsetting. It's a really interesting like, analogy. analogy. I know. I, I totally get what she means, yeah. It's just... It's so frustrating. And, like, I'll think of, like, moments in Boy Meets World, and I just... I did not get that feeling. Do you want to like, have an impromptu let's talk about sets, baby? Yeah, sure. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I wrote this into the while we were going up the scene by scene, but we can just talk about those two, the clown set and the... Um... By the way, I don't like clowns. Oh, yeah, I forgot that was a thing for you. you like uh, the clown set and the, what is it, the orphanage, I guess, right? I was going to... I was gonna. Well, the, the nun place is an orphanage. The nun place. Oh. <laughs> well, where the nun is is an yeah. orphanage. The like, convent. It, it, but it isn't a convent. It's an orphanage. Right. That's why I wasn't yeah. saying a convent. Because you would assume it would be a convent, but then they say it's an orphanage. But yeah, I, mean, I think it's I, a combo pack. I think it's like a convent. A com- I think so too. Com- combo okay, pack. maybe you get twice the bang for your buck. <laughs> um, maybe that's how Topanga was able to save it. Was telling people about the combo pack. I it was happy, and we also had the gym, which we haven't had in a while. And I think it was like a little bit different than uh, I've seen a before. glaring absence, though. 
What do you mean? A uh, Mr. Damn James, coach. Uh, Mr. James, James coach. coach. <laughs> Where yeah. is that man? I was happy with the willingness to use a lot of different and new sets as far as that we weren't going to be stuck in the same locations we're always stuck in. Right. Um, but I agree with you as far as the lack of depth involved with these scenes um, was sort of glaring. The, the gym at least had some depth and there were people in the yes. background. Though yeah, I, I, I actually took, I had issue with some of the extras in the gym scenes because I watched just like. They weren't doing yeah, anything. Yeah, I, was, I watched just a few times and them. the second time I watched, I was just watching the extras and I was like, you're literally standing in one pose for like a significant <laughs> hey, period of time. They're stretching. <laughs> they're doing they're doing like really low impact yoga. Yeah. Actually they they sound like uh realistic middle schoolers in gym class. <laughs> so. Avoiding their responsibilities. <laughs> they I will say I did actually like the extras in the clown there was like one kind of solid extra in the clown scene. I think I like the clown set better than like the I guess the circuit set better than the um convent. But I thought they were about to go into Central Park. I was like, where's the river? <laughs> I mean, the river's not near Central, well, not yeah. in Central Park, obviously, but, like, there were, I had so many questions. Yeah. So, I definitely see where you're coming from, and I, it does not, at all, in any way, seem like they are getting a bigger budget, and I don't know what that's about. It almost seems like mm. they have a lower budget, because they're not going to the subway anymore. So, I don't know what's up with that. I don't know if maybe they're saving them for a couple huge, big budget episodes. Like, maybe. I mean, the Halloween episode's yeah. coming up. And Texas. So. Texas yeah. If they have three episodes in a different, completely different location, that might be a big thing. Oh, that makes um, sense. But yeah, well, I guess we can maybe talk more about that when we get to Texas and see if it was worth it or not. But I, it does feel weird that it almost feels like they're lower budget now than they were last season. So, uh, yeah. spoiler alert, we're going to Texas to podcast about that arc, right? Mm-hmm, obviously. Not even a little bit, <laughs> Do we have enough, like, big-time podcast listeners that they can just do a Texas podcast for us that week without us? What? We have Jeremy Pape. Yeah. And do we have anybody else who's, like, big time? I'm trying to remember. And also Dustin in Texas. Cody. Yeah. Dustin Cody is from Austin. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, Dustin Cody. And um, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm thinking of people like our southern listeners, but I can't, I'm trying yeah. to think of specifically Texas. Yeah. That sounds and like an I'll... interesting name for a special. <laughs> our southern listeners. <laughs> Tune in next week to our southern listeners to find out what happens. Mm-hmm. Um, what story I don't know. Will Let us know if you're from Texas and we just can't remember. Or you never felt comfortable telling us, but if you're not comfortable telling us, I guess don't tell us. So I'm going to grade the episode because I haven't done. Wait, that I know. Wait, I didn't. I didn't. Oh, you didn't either. Oh wow. No, we you, went into your sets, yes. baby. You cut her off rudely, much like when you framed me for making the loud microphone sound. Yep. Yeah, Dan is a bad person today. I'm just hyperactive at the moment. I'm like the exact opposite of Caitlin. Wow, you need to calm down. Yeah. I'm like pumping iron right now. It's good stuff. Anyways, other than some glaring issues, the episode felt very Boy Meets World. Maya felt very Sean in the classroom scenes. Corey's paper lesson felt pretty feeny to me, actually. Yeah, I don't me know. Too. I don't know how much you agree with me on that, but it definitely did to me. And it was definitely the best integration of flashbacks we've had so far. Yes, Uh, but, I mean, (laughs) can you go any lower? (laughs) I mean, I I know that's not saying much, but... I don't know. I still think that the Tommy flashbacks were fine. Yeah, they were fine, but I think that this is... Yeah. This is the best, I think. Yeah, I I think this is a a better standard. And just, don't let the Phillies hat die. (laughs) Hashtag hashtag Phillies for life. Girl Meets World. 
If you are going to give me the Phillies hat, you need to keep the Phillies hat. And also, Rowan looks so cute. I knew hat. you were going to say that, and I totally agree. Because <laughs> she just looks so cute in a hat. Yeah, yeah. And you know, we'll get we'll get to more on this. But yeah, I'm going to give it. I think a B plus. Solid. Um, yeah. Solid stuff. All right. A little so squishy. I guess I'm. Not totally the odd man out. As he gave it a B plus. That's a solid grade. I this was one of my favorite episodes of the whole series. Um, that I really, surprises me, but <laughs> I really, really, really enjoyed this episode. Um, yeah. <laughs> and I, I guess I can understand why it wouldn't work for everybody as far as the humor is more out there than usual. But it really worked for me, and I. I it's interesting because I am someone who usually does push for more realism and down-to-earth stuff, but for some reason it just... I feel like the characters were all acting grounded enough that it... Or at least in their character enough that it all... That grounded for me. There was significant drama to me driving the comedy of this episode. Just to be clear, sorry to interrupt, just to be clear, you're saying it was uh, in Corey's uh, character trapeze away into the air? No, it wasn't, and I wrote that down. Okay, I, yes. I wrote Corey would never trapeze. <laughs> um, okay, that's a particular that particular thing. Yes, that's insane. But aside <laughs> from that, overall, mostly, I felt like it. People were acting like there have been a plenty of episodes that were more grounded. Than this where the characters didn't act like the characters we'd been seeing, and I've had much more issue. I felt like Riley was very Riley. I really related to the drama she was going through in this episode. I thought there were some really touching moments, especially near the end. I love the use of the flashbacks, even though it is sort of out there and ludicrous. And I just had a, a lot of fun with this episode. I watched it multiple times, and I laughed every time I watched it. And um, I really, really liked it. But I'm going to probably give it an A-. minus. Um, I do think that there were some, you know, a bit too far out there moments. But overall, I just, I just thought it was a, a lot of fun and was grounded in something that was understandable and believable. And uh, I liked it a lot. Okay. Because I feel the need constantly to destroy all your hard work and planning, mm-hmm. before no. we actually get into scene one, no. I, I would like to touch upon mm. the nature and the agency of these flashbacks. Okay. That's uh, fine. Because well, why, why don't we just wait till we get to those scenes? Well, because I think it, it goes beyond what the scenes are. It's kind of... Okay, fine. Say what you want to say, and then I'll decide if it's worthy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're a jerk. Basically, what I want to say is, yes, they were flashbacks, but because the girls themselves were inserted into the universe, mm-hmm. it, A, did something with a kind of, I don't know, I guess when you say mythology of the show, Yeah, because it was like, it was supernatural, but at the same time it was explained away, but not really, Yeah, and B, it just put a really interesting and unexpected spin on how I was viewing the old scenes with the girls there watching and you can really actually see yeah that Riley really does look like Corey and Topanga mm. kind yeah of it was really interesting to also to see how much taller she is <laughs> than both yeah. of them she is older than those characters at that point yeah. but you are still correct yeah I also was interested in the fact they only did season one mm. flashbacks so they could have easily did an up to three but I think the well, reason they did was because of Topanga because she was too... Because the, she, well, the message they were trying to convey only works with season one Topanga. 
Unless it was when she cut her hair. I was I, I was thinking that. I, she... I thought that they were going to go to that flashback. I guess. I don't think that, that fits Riley that much, honestly. Not yet. Also, Yeah, it could was... be in the future, but currently it doesn't. Also, the whole thing was about being average. I thought they were going to go to, Celery. like, when Cor- Corey had the difficulty of feeling average flashback in, like, season, what, four? Better than your average Corey. Mm. Yeah. yeah, is this when he's like struggling with the fact that his dad's a grocer? No, this I think you're mixing things. Am together. I mixing two episodes up? This is the one where the girl comes and she's like an artist. Yeah, they're in college, actually. In that, in the yeah. grocer episode. No, the grocer episode is not the same episode as as the celery episode. This is the one where Morgan's okay. Morgan's a little older. Yeah, and this is the girl is the artist, mm-hmm. and she's like a young girl, but she's she looks yeah. a little older than. Oh, she that's not even is. the episode I was talking about. Yeah, that's okay. yeah. Well, that's the one that's literally called "Better Than Your Average Corey" is the celery one. <laughs> that's literally okay. the whole premise. I mean, of that, that works too, but that just wasn't the episode. <laughs> I was talking about someone reflecting on what their parents have done and what that means for them. Okay. Yeah, yeah, okay, that makes sense. So I- that it works better, Keith. Sure. Yeah, I see there's elements of this episode is about being average, but I think it's a little bit more complicated than just like feeling average. Yeah. As well, much I, as... I got a lot of Eskimo vibes. Yeah, definitely. Mm. Definitely with the with the lesson of the of the week. But yeah. I don't think we should even as far as talking about the flashbacks, quote unquote, I don't even necessarily think we should be calling them flashbacks. They were like surreal universe. It was time. time it was time traveling. Time <laughs> like, yeah. Bendy physics kind of. It was something. Yeah. It was best friends whenever. <laughs> yes, I suppose. I suppose actually, if they were, since we're getting crossovers soon, this would actually have been the, the episode to do it, kind of, because oh, it yeah. literally would have. Well, like I said, I, I just felt like it, it screamed out to have some sort of special notion attributed to it. Like it shouldn't have been like a normal episode. There should have been a crossover or some sort of weird promotional thing for me. I don't know that I. Like, why? It's not like, like, and then there was Sean was not a special promotional episode. It wasn't even a Halloween episode. You know, uh, I, I see that, but just, there were so many things that all of a sudden lifted. I mean, at, at this point, Girl Meets World does not do the things that Boy Meets World did in having these kind of weird, surreal episodes. This is the what first. What about Master Plan doing those, Girl like, Girl Meets World didn't get to the sur- really surreal the cards, episodes. The cards are only in editing, though. The cards is only in, this is actually in the universe of the show that the characters are aware of. Okay, because, well, I guess to me there's no difference between the cards and Farkle Terminator fit. Oh, the, no, see, that to me is like, that is something that he's supposed to be aware of. That's more than just well, an no, editing Well, no, to me gag. that's it's actually less weird than the than the master plan thing, because to me, that in my mind, that's what he's envisioning. It's not, like, really happening. It's just, like, his imagination. And so, imagination. to me, yes. All right, but uh, can we get scene by scene? Yeah, sure. Almost. No, right. stop. We're doing it. Stop, kid. <laughs> All right, scene one. Scene uh, one. So Riley is getting cold spaghetti by sleepwalking in, at midnight. Same. <laughs> <laughs> I related to this. <laughs> really liked her uh, physical comedy in this scene. If Where... I was awake, would you let me eat cold spaghetti at midnight? <laughs> There's also some like, funny continuity as far as the Matthews family likes spaghetti. Because do, yeah. do you remember? Uh, I think it was Truth. Was is that just the easiest food for the set <laughs> people to prepare? <laughs> Probably. It's pretty. It seems pretty easy. What, what's but... this? Jeremy Armstrong. Can all you cook is spaghetti? <laughs> Though I would have preferred if it was grapes, but I suppose that isn't as visually funny. But 
If I'm going to eat something at midnight, I'm not going to eat grapes. I'm going to eat cold spaghetti. That's true. That is a good point. I mean, I probably have some cold chicken parm after we finish this podcast. Well, uh, as we so know, gr- grapes are for the day. Mm. That's true. Yes, grapes day. Um, yes. Yeah. And I was annoyed with Topanga in this scene. It was yeah. a, it was a little overacting. It was a little overblown. Yeah, I was annoyed with both Topanga and Danielle Fischel. Because Danielle Fischel's acting wasn't as good. And also, when Riley was like, well, what am I good at? And she's like, you're very good at sleeping. Like, no, you should be like, hey, child, mm. you sleep now so you can do the things that I do later. This is actually I mean, an ongoing joke, thing so. they've been doing, actually. It, it reminds me of, reminds me A, of the art teacher thing, and B, of, this is kind of... When, that's and, a nice talk. Yeah, my, Maya's mother, or Topanga, did the exact same thing. Yeah, um, and you know what? Like, Topanga, you're not being a very good mom right you're now. saying yeah. people are being condescending to right uh, yes I, I think as far as topanga goes it's not supposed to be that she's being mean as much as she doesn't know what to say i or, think this is also one of those instances where topanga is so perfect mm-hmm. she like this kind of reminds me of college topanga where people would get annoyed with her doing these things mm-hmm. of like she's so perfect that she can't help but think that no one else could do what she does even her own daughter. <laughs> I don't know. I don't take it as that. I, I really do take it as he just doesn't isn't a very good mom yet and doesn't know what to say. Damn. I don't. Th- I yet it's been thirteen years. <laughs> yeah. Get it together. Damn. I suppose you couldn't do my job. I know, <laughs> Keith. I know. So Super oh. Clux, the world's most powerful bucket of food people, is trying to take over this bookstore. As is a given. Mm-hmm. Don't I hate them. knowledge. Yes. Who, don't I mean, let them. That's the worst. Um, this reminds me of how in our mall, you know, our bigger mall, when they um, yes. the bookstore turned into a shoe store, uh, yeah. and then and then the creepy massage place mm-hmm. that never had the lights on, yeah, totally and then a, not and then, a brothel, <laughs> and then another shoe store. It's been like a shoe store three times. Just bring the damn bookstore back. The bookstores are nice. Yes, I love the bookstore. You're, Anyways, you're the only one. So, what really? Uh, everybody else just wants their Kindles. Um, I did like the joke about Riley needing 15 hours of sleep because it kind of <laughs> felt like the, it starts at 10 thing a little bit, um, which I love. It's like our podcast. And what did you... <laughs> that's very true. <laughs> um, what, did, did you like um, Corey going through the papers and his like sort of resuscitation of Maya's paper I and thought Farkle's paper? I Maya and the Farkle joke were just... A little bit Not too. Needed. They just had a little bit too much oomph to them. I. I they kind of felt like season one filler. Yeah. Because and it, it also bothers me that we don't see a little bit more of Maya trying because I feel like in both uh, technology and or technology technology girl meets technology. That's uh, season three. Girl meets girl boy. Meets boy. Yeah. <laughs> Just okay. Where we library? <laughs> Season three, <Yes>. Rise of <laughs> the Machines. <laughs> <laughs> yes. When they were in the library that episode. Mm. And um in Father, I feel like we got glimpses of Maya at least trying to try. I will say though, it did try. it did feel a lot like an early uh season Sean kind of joke. Yeah. Like like the whole like and in conclusion, chemicals don't explode. Yeah. That being I actually, said... I, I liked both of them, just for the record. I liked yeah, both of I, that, those papers. Even though it reminded me of something like that, I think it wasn't quite as good or as funny as something like that. There was just something about it that was... I liked, I liked Ben's back. delivery. 
I guess I'm having trouble sometimes balancing the jokes with what I want from the character. Well, the thing is, I don't. I think the whole point is that if they actually have Maya try, he will do well, and they don't want that. And then there won't be <laughs> any plot. Yeah. And then just... yeah, because I think that's that's mm. the that to me that's what you're supposed to take away from Father is that he doesn't believe in herself, so she doesn't try. And then but she now doesn't she do has good, hope. and then you can't dismiss the class. um but no but she has hope for other things i think she still is insecure and still Mm -hmm. doesn't think well of herself and that that's a bigger arc that we're gonna see over time and that that's that's the bigger thing of why she isn't trying and it's in almost like we know how we talked a lot about at the beginning where it's like she they keep telling us that she's a bad girl or whatever and it's almost becoming a character trait that she that she is saying th- about herself more than it is real as far as that she thinks of herself as bad more than she actually is. I, and I feel like that's going to be addressed. I wouldn't... I don't know. I can see... I think about, like, little jokes like, yeah, like the totally... nun and, like, her being like, you wouldn't want me. And, like, yeah. last week, I think there was there was something last episode where she said something about not wanting to... Stu- not, not studying. Like, if I knew it was studying, I wouldn't have done it. I totally see and... where you're coming from, but at the same time, like, I, I need to say to you, like, don't believe in that so hard. You know what I mean? It's... Meaning I mean, what? there's only... I think that's, like, a little too complicated for what we're getting i think it's i don't, I don't just, think so i think they're just still exploring the character i i don't i don't think so because i think i don't think it's complicated to say that she is insecure and doesn't believe in herself it's it, to me it's a lot like you know you talked about the um eskimo episode it's a lot like sean he doesn't believe that he's capable and so he doesn't try and so to me it's a very similar arc that he's not going to apply to college well, I, because... I buy that part by the whole point you're saying like oh, you know, we're, we're being told that she's the, quote, bad girl, but not necessarily shown, and that's yeah. her just projecting certain things. I I can see how you can easily argue that, but I think that a lot of that is just because the writing kind showing. of gets overlapped in different ways. I, I think that's part of it. All I'm just saying is that, to me, whether it's on purpose or not, it is sort of beginning to add to her character for me, that it does feel like she is more negative about her. She's too hard on herself, in a way and doesn't believe in herself enough. And that that's what a lot of those comments come off to me more as now than, like, her just being, like, honest about how she's a bad seed, you know? But I... Hmm. I don't know. Let's Time will tell. Scene yes. two. <laughs> scene two. Yes. Scene two. So she's talking about how her mom is really great, and her dad's really great, and they all do awesome things, and what will I ever do? You know, Maya points out, like, you should be, you're lucky you have parents that are this great. Um, yeah, we get another slight at Katie. <laughs> I suppose. Well, I mean. Even from Riley, because she was just, like, you know, like, said something along the lines of you wouldn't know what it's like to not, to worry that you won't be as good as your parents or something like that. Did like, she? I don't remember that being I, I think line. she said, yeah, somewhere like, you're lucky that you don't have to worry about that or something like that. I don't think you're right. I watched it multiple times. I, we can we can go back, but I'm pretty sure that that wasn't a line. I'm pretty, Even if it wasn't, I mean, I know I'm paraphrasing, but it definitely gave that impression. That that's exactly what she meant. I don't, but I don't think Riley. Said, I think Maya. Maya was saying. Maya said something. No, that's exactly what I got from Riley. I'm saying. Really? Yeah. I get. I mean, I don't think so. I think it's more just that Maya is saying you have two great parents that are really, you know you know, hardworking people that are always there for you. I don't think it's saying 
my mom sucks. I just think it's she has two parents and I don't have two parents. But let's move on. All right. <laughs> yeah. So my Riley asked, "What do you do when you know you'll never be as good as your parents?" And I I really liked the intro overall. So these two episodes, these two scenes leading into the song, as far as I felt like it was one of the more natural ways to set up a problem starting an episode. It didn't feel super forced to me. And it just felt like, oh, Riley herself, Riley has an actual problem that I can relate to, I understand. And it's that it came up in an actual way of seeing them working hard and that it's something that she, that could be an ongoing thing for her. And so I, I really liked this intro. But... Uh, I'll be honest, I like the spaghetti. was mm-hmm. not too keen on the intro as a whole. Because of what? Because, because, because comedy, of, you already said comedy yeah, things. But well, like. I just think that it was over, a little forced. I mean, yes, I honestly like that Riley herself is getting a little agency and a little drama, but the whole, you know, gee, you guys are so swell and I'm just here as a nothing doesn't really, I don't, doesn't really connect with me from those scenes as much. I, I just, I don't know exactly what it is, but when I was watching it, I remember just saying, like, this is a little too forced. Uh, I get where they're going, but I wish they went See, on now, a different road. I guess I'll say from my personal experience that as far as, like, my mother is helping the elderly every single day and spends, like, all of her time helping people and being selfless. My dad... Dan's mom is great. I I endorse Dan's mother. My dad connected with like tons and tons of people and, and played music for weddings and for funerals and was with people in their happiest moments and their saddest moments and like formed a community around him and you know taught kids and so like I one hundred percent get exactly where Riley is coming from as far as I'm a selfish person. I'm not gonna be like my mom and I don't know if I'll ever form a community as strong as, as my dad formed around him and connect with nearly as many people. And that I do feel like there are big shoes to fill. So to me, this felt very natural, very realistic. And well, just to be I clear, I'm not saying well. that is what I didn't believe. It was how suddenly it came on. How she came to her realization. Yeah, basically, a lot of I do agree with that. A lot of things in this episode reminded me of the of the pilot. I don't agree at all. I actually think that usually it's a lot more sudden and that in the past, actually, you've just been like, well, this is what the show is like. They just talk about things out of nowhere. And that today that it actually felt like it came from something that she, she like actually experienced something and thought about it as opposed to just I'm going to walk walk through the hallway and immediately say, I want to be popular. Or, I want this. Or, all I'm it's saying, spring is in the air and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> People are pairing off. Yeah, yeah. All I'm saying is there were a lot of things in this episode that reminded me uh, about just the pilot and just the way they did things in the pilot. I'm very con- – I don't I don't get that at all. I think that it made a lot of sense that she was realizing that her parents stay up late every night and are doing things that and, – and that I don't think it comes out of nowhere because of things like we talked about with Maya's mother, that she does feel average, that she does feel ordinary, and that actually has been kind of a thing running through this season, I think, as far as her insecurities, as we got mm-hmm. from Flaws, and then we got – I do want to see that go somewhere book. new. Yeah. I, because I, we have been getting a lot of Riley not feeling adequate, no. and I am not – saying i don't want to see that because it's very it is relatable it's understandable you know i want i want an average protagonist yeah 
But I also want to see that average protagonist take some control. Yeah. And, like, not just come to these realizations, but then have something come of that. I mean, well, like, and what do you mean by that? Like, what, like, what, is there something that they did with Corey with this, that arc for Corey that you aren't, that you're missing that they... It's hard. It's hard to say with Corey because he went through so many phases, yeah. and I want. I want. I want. Yeah, I want Riley to go through a phase. I guess you know, like how Corey More picked Rocha. up a camera. Mm. Not not like that, but I I do want my girl Marosha to come back. <laughs> Actually, um, do you know what uh, that thing that you sent me yesterday about the what was it the parade of sadness? I sent you a parade of sadness. <laughs> me, That's so sad. You sent me a link to some event. I think it was in Somerville. It was like a parade of sadness. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like yeah, it was a it was a pity party. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it was like yeah, you could you you come to be me- it's like someone like bring your best. Yeah, melancholia. it was like the, <laughs> yeah, you brought you were you were to bring like gather in the square and you can bring like ice cream, wine, like cry or you it's know like wear like, pajamas, bring a portal, yeah. Wear pajamas, you know, blankets, pillows, bring something portable to, like, watch your favorite Disney movie on or something, <laughs> and, like, be with other people that want to pity themselves. Why would and you was, watch your gonna... favorite Disney movie while you're pitying yourself? To cheer yourself up? Yeah. Is the point of the thing to cheer yourself up? It was a pity party. Yeah, so I thought you'd all be morose together. It's about it's about the limbo space in between okay. the, the supreme melancholy and trying to raise above it. Basically, what I was actually going to say... Is I forgot, but I was gonna tell you to tweet that at Rowan and say this is something that Maroshi would go to. <laughs> but I, I don't, I don't think it's passed yet. I think it was today. So. Yeah. It might be anyway. Tomorrow, but um, yeah, I mean, I don't really know what you're looking for to come from Riley because I do think that this is that the insecurity thing is core to who she is as a person, and that isn't something you just get over. No, or, wait, like, I'm not saying that, but I want. Uh, what I'm saying is. I, I guess I want her to find something, even if she's not actively like, I'm going to try and find something that's for me. Yeah. I do want her to, I want them to write in that she stumbles upon something. Purple cats. The way that Corey, what? Purple cats. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't think, to be fair, I don't really think the, th- the things you're mentioning, was like, you, you mentioned the camera, did you mention something else? Um, the, the he had baseball. I wanted yeah. to have a thing. Yeah, like a, that's a that tangible I thing. I mean, I, I will I will say all the things you're talking about weren't really in conjunction or connection with the episodes where he felt average. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like by the end of the average episode he took on. I'm not saying yeah. by the end of you're the average episode. You're saying something like I'm the Harajuku girl, but actually for reals. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. An interest. Yeah. She doesn't have to be good at it. Even she just has to be interested yeah. in it. Yeah. And she's I not totally even interested in anything at this point. Yeah, but that, that's the weird part. Bodies. I feel like because. <laughs> yeah, that's true. She's interested in cute things. Sunshine and rainbows. <laughs> being a princess. Um, See, this is why I want her to like anime. <laughs> <laughs> she likes um, that Red Planet Diaries. Mm-hmm. That's true. Can they bring that <laughs> back? They really should bring that back. I don't know how they have it. I mean, that's just gold right there. Yeah, it really is. Exactly. I, th- I need at least 12 instances of them just singing that theme song. <laughs> I as de- badly I as they did. <laughs> I definitely agree with you as far as that there's some weird part where it feels like because they want him her to feel average, they don't want to give her any like interests, yeah. which doesn't that doesn't have to be one. Like she can be interested in dance and not be a good dancer, or she can be in, you know she could be a shut in otaku. <laughs> she can be like she can like like 
watching people play video games. He can like mm. sports. Well, she does like sports. She likes basketball, remember? That's true. They should, they should bring that in more. No, I, I definitely see where you're coming from there as far as... Maybe they could have actually like tied in the Phillies cap more specifically as far as the actual Phillies part of it. Um, well, let's talk about sports real quick. Okay. To further derail. No, let's not talk about sports. Let's talk about scene three. Ferdinand Magellan. Um, First yeah. man to circumnavigate the globe. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so people thought the world was flat. They were too scared to go out. They morons. thought they'd fall off the world. Bunch of morons. So okay. But, but Riley sees where they're coming from. Yeah. I, she wouldn't have gone either. Well, let's talk about the the lesson here because I know you you Caitlin said that you liked and it felt feeny like to have this whole you know rolling up the paper the visual. Yes, exactly. Something tangible. Mm-hmm. And I and I thought I don't know I I maybe I'm not be maybe I'm being simple right now but I thought it was clever. Yeah, so. I I thought it was clever too and I actually it actually reminded me of a lesson that I actually got in a class in high school. Um so it actually felt real to me even though like again it's not really like he's using history to do something very much not about history but uh, in my AP English class, we did something very dissimilar to this. So yeah, but you never did anything. <laughs> no. in which, English. which was which was hold hands and sit on the floor, right? Yeah. <laughs> no, we actually like, had to write down like all the things that we thought we couldn't do, and then try to do one of them by the following week. Or was that the AP but... exam? Yes. <laughs> nice. No, that was not the. AP what did you write down? And what did you um, do? Did you succeed? I don't think so. I don't even remember. <laughs> I must but not have point, done it very well. Yeah. Was it to the rock point out? Is that you tried. What, what, well, yeah. Was it? Did you succeed at rocking out? I yes, obviously, <laughs> Keith. I always rock out. Rock out. Um, there are too many inside jokes in this podcast. I might have written something about basketball, actually. Funnily enough. All right, Farkle. <laughs> Can I call you Farkster from now on? I'd prefer not, Danny Farkster. Right. That's Tweet. okay. Tweet in if you want me to start calling Dan Farks. No, Danny Farkster. The D Farks. Oh my. Should that be my new Twitter handle so I have another Twitter handle? Danny Farkarino. Yes. Um, and yes, obviously there is the connection here to the Eskimo episode where Sean is supposed to try to get tickets to the Super Bowl, which is his impossible thing, and Corey's supposed to help him. Um, well, it's, a, it's actually interesting because they started off on that route and I thought they were really mm-hmm. going to go somewhere. Yeah, I mean, they they stuck with it as far as Lucas. That, those two characters, Lucas. Yeah. But I was really hoping they were going to get everyone involved. And I know that I don't like carbon copies, but this yeah. I thought was it's uh, you know this is an opportunity where even if you follow the same premise, because these are different characters and they're different situations, you, you're going to have a completely different episode. Even yeah. if the premise is you're all helping one person, or you're all helping one person, but also helping yourself for different reasons because of your this role, a- you know. This was also such a good episode to incorporate extras in the background mm. of like, like because on, again only the core four except for Maya actually yeah. uh, presented to the class. You could have had like Darby present right before Farkle and Lucas like interpretive dance or Yogi mm. in the background trying to learn the unicycle. Darby wasn't even in the episode, I think. Darby, okay, what's um, up with but that? yeah, you're right that there could yeah, have been like Yogi could have been learning a unicycle and uh, <laughs> Sarah could have been learning to juggle. Yeah, no, I agree. Like, they could have even if they were just in the background. Like why, exactly why is suddenly every, like, they everyone's could have a circus been a... performer? <laughs> <laughs> Yogi probably would be. Let's be honest. 
I mean, yeah, Yogi, okay, Yogi unicycle, totally. Well, he couldn't do this. He, no, he should have actually figured out how to be on skates. Oh, yeah, Yogi on skates. Yeah. That's like, yeah. is that like Yogi the Bear on ice? Mm-hmm. Is that a thing? I hope so. I hope so, too. Hey. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> that is not the f- first time that Keith has referenced Yogi Bear on this podcast. <laughs> I know, and it makes me so happy. <laughs> do it uh, again. Smarter than your average bear? <laughs> Best ever. You're right. That it would have been nice to have more extras. It just would have been easy. I, I I don't feel really the same way as Keith. I mean, like I guess they they could have gone full Eskimo, and it probably would have been fine. But I oh, I didn't. Eskimo. <laughs> but, oh, Eskimo it, mode engaged. But I don't think it was necessary. Uh, do you? Okay, I do want to ask. Do you think that this is an example of them? trying a little too hard to combine two different ideas as far as the impossible and then the living up to your parents like do you think that that actually fit well or did it did did, does like does the does the subplot with Fargle feel like it connects at all to the bigger plot you know there's a lot of things happening in this episode and I don't Mm. know that I would say directly that they tried to combine too many things yeah, I would say I, I would definitely. There's a little bit of an issue trying to combine those in the end, but that is has very little to do with anything that popped me off from this. Yeah, don't you think it would have made more sense if they actually did like John Quincy Adams versus John Adams as far as like the lesson that connects with the parent, and, like the kid trying to do better than the parent or what? I'm not. What do you mean? I, that's like, just like a- the end of each episode and see what works better. What do you? What I'm saying, like, what exactly do you mean by that? You're saying like you take no, I'm, the flashback. I'm saying as far as instead of Magellan, no, the real people. Yes. <laughs> oh. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you meant something with, to do with the flashbacks. No, no, no. I'm just oh, saying. Honey. I'm just saying. I felt like you could have done like a historical thing where it really was about so a like, historical so like, figure. So like, so I actually taught history. So like, make up a fact about about them. Well, I'm okay. Maybe not. Those to. those were the only. Those were the parents that just the kid and the parent that came to mind. I'm just saying. I'm sure there is a dynasty of people who the kid felt like they had to live up to the parent and stuff like that. They could have picked, but I don't know. I guess the Magellan thing sort of works, but it felt a little bit extraneous to me, given that the the given the main thing of it being I mean, about right. parents. Yeah, it, there it was a better stretch. historical lesson. It was a stretch. At the same yeah. time, it wasn't distracting. Yeah, I agree. So I'm neutral. I don't. I mean, if it worked, yeah. it's fine. I don't care. So that's yeah. just whatever. I think Ben Savage uh, acted well in this scene. I agree. I, I think uh, he really fell into what his role has become mm-hmm. in this scene, and um, the whole like you won't know unless you take a shot. Like I don't mm. know. I like I like the wordplay. Yeah, I agree. In I this agree. scene, and um, not good Markle, advice for when you go hunting. By the way. Mm. And uh, Farkle throwing the paper at Maya yeah. and her smiling. And then Lucas putting her back down. Yeah. <laughs> that was interesting. I was interested by yeah. that. They and, shared and an then, interesting Yeah, and then her glare. Like, glare, yeah, it was interesting. Um, she was confused. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was. It did feel kind of flawsy with them jumping on each other's backs and everything. Mm. It was better than that. Uh, it was not. Yeah. Was no, not. I agree. I As far as Ben goes, I actually think this is potentially his best episode dramatically that I, I felt like there were like yeah like I, dramatically might not even be the right term as far as like I don't know I mean whisking away on a trapeze is pretty dramatic yeah <laughs> that aside from that I'm sorry 
Yeah, well, as far as, like, I the, again, like, the way he'd get delivered the lesson I thought was very strong. And then we're about to come into when Riley said that her impossible thing were her parents. And his reaction to that I actually really, really liked. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as him just, like, being so confused. The, the incredulousness. And, yeah. I, because I, th- I think... Honestly, he sold me that Corey thinks that Riley can do anything. Like, yeah. Riley really legit is his pride and joy. Yeah. And, like, and so I think it, it was a realistic parent moment that yeah. when your child um, feels so defeated and also that you may even be the reason why is is crushing. I would go so far as to say it felt like an Alan moment for me that it felt it felt yeah i, I can, can see that yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. i i, it was, it was I good. really it i was really solid. really liked that um, i was a big fan of that ben's been pretty good pretty consistent mm. in this series but i think he definitely has like found what it means to be the fatherly role yeah but i don't think he struggles with the parent role nearly as much as danielle oh yeah definitely not yeah but I do think that he, and because, like, I loved him in Father. I loved him in a lot yeah. of season one of the fatherly role. Yeah. I just think that, like, the more the show goes on, the more he gets yeah. it. I would say that to me. Because he doesn't have kids. And, like, some yeah. people that. Not that he knows that anyway. Some people. Are... <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> I would say that to me, I felt like, I feel like the only thing holding back Ben is the writing. Uh, like, cause I, and that I'm not even saying that like overall the writing is bad or anything. Like, I think that the writing has been kind of B level for him for most of this, this series and that he's done what he's been given well, but there haven't been a ton. Like, I, it's like, not we about had, like, him. A, it's what it's, it's yeah. just not about him. But we haven't even had like a really funny subplot as far as like, since si- I would say since the truth and the whole chicken thing, maybe with the ho- holidays with him and Sean, but like he hasn't had a lot of really great moments to perform comedically. Yeah, I, don't think. I mean, Justin Timberlake. That's uh, yeah, okay. yeah, but <laughs> yeah. he was those, good in Demolition. Yeah, yeah, he was good, but none of those things were the the Super way the way Corey. the way that Corey, you know, takes was charge funny. of a scene and mm. takes that comedy. I mean, there were very few instances that he actually got the chance to do that. You know what I mean? Yeah, I understand. Sort of switching gears a tiny bit. Farkle actually saying, you can't just be as good as someone just because you want to, sir. As far as the person saying, like, what the cynical viewer would probably be thinking to him. You're saying that, like, like just because you win with the power of friendship doesn't mean you can just win? Yes. Uh, I I appreciated that Farkle would say that. that Because that doesn't seem like usually a very Farkle-y thing to say. And sort of... How do you make it so sparkly? I was about to say that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, I like that that sort of bitterness getting into his character. Um, He's getting some teen angst. Yeah. Season three teen angst. Angsty Farkle. (laughs) Feelings. Season three. What if these kids had feelings? (laughs) (laughs) Someone write that down. I also liked a lot of, I thought uh, Sabrina had a lot of good, like, understated deliveries in this episode. I liked, it's just today's thing, it will be gone tomorrow. You know, Again, Ben's reaction, Ben's facial mm. reaction uh, to that just made me sad. My, my reaction? <laughs> like, because, one moment, <laughs> Because normally I feel like Corey would be on board with what Maya's saying, like, mm. duh, like, what's Riley doing now? Yeah. But, like, this really got to him. Yeah, definitely. My reaction to Maya in this episode was really up and down, and I just almost never knew 
what to think of Maya from this episode. Do you guys get that at all? I Could you personally. Be more specific? I, I, we, we, he being overly mean, is that what you're no, thinking I just about? Maybe like, there were some parts where she was maybe like a little too stupid, and there were t- some parts where she was a little bit too aggressive. Really? Well, like the, where the, was she too the stupid? paper. You know, some of the jokes, like with the clown and everything like that. I, I wanted to laugh. I thought it was funny. At the same time, I was just like, okay. I just did not really understand her role in the episode, I guess is what I was going to say. I was really stuck in this I would have space. Ex- sorry. I would have expected Maya to be more sympathetic. Not even sympathetic, but just worried. I think he was sympathetic. I think he struck a good balance for me personally as far as that he did care about it, that he did ultimately help Riley to get over all this. And True. that, that but, but while still having some human element of conflict throughout you need most of these scenes are just the two of them if it's completely just one yeah. person supporting the other person every scene that doesn't really work you mean what riley does every episode yeah, no, I, I totally get that which is why <laughs> you know I, I just it's not that i, I definitely do not hate maya uh, yeah. you know i i just i i didn't understand everything with it from maya I don't know. I uh, see. I was with with. Uh, I think Caitlin said in her grading that she felt very Sean, and I I thought she felt very Sean in this episode. Because Sean is totally, honestly, yeah. he's kind of like a dick to Corey a lot in the early <laughs> seasons. <laughs> and there's a lot of times where I he's, guess that's true. You know? <laughs> and, I, and I agree with that. But the problem is, I, I you know if if she is more like Sean, it can't work in completion because of what Maya and Riley already have. That Sean and Corey did not have certainly uh, this early on, which is what, which is the whole bay window, the whole that whole peaches thing. You know what I mean? That to me, to me, that is enough of a sincerity, even if they joke around there, that I don't see her turning around and just going full Sean. I don't know because Sean season two they have like the the whole cool conversation and him wanting to be with Corey over all the other cool people right and all that stuff. but that I think there's plenty of stuff where in season two Sean is like super close well, I'm and not saying he's not sincere nice but I think it's, it's a little bit different I just think there's a different element of that sincerity that we have from these girls because they have such you know amazing chemistry obviously mm. that I just have a hard time even if it's nice to see that. Uh, image of Sean in her acting and in, in their performance yeah. of that character, I just, I, maybe it's a little jarring for me because I know where it's coming from. Hmm. It's, it's, All right, well, maybe maybe as we come to specific things, you can point it out more. Um, oh, so I just wanted to say, because you, you wrote down here, Dan, that I loved Maya or Sabrina's delivery of We'll Be at the River. Yes, I really liked <laughs> I, that, I liked too. That, I thought that was actually, really funny. So, yeah. Yeah, the whole river thing I thought was really funny. And yet they never got to the river. Nope. No. God, do we not have budget for a it's river? It's probably season? because their psychic powers haven't awakened yet. I don't oh. know what this is a reference to. Firefly. Oh, okay. There you go. All right. So scene four, we were, in, we're at the nuns. I was like, she's becoming a nun. <laughs> <laughs> I liked it. I think it's very Riley. <laughs> Hashtag nun jokes. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> yes, he wants her sanctuary of solitude away from mommy and daddy perfect. Um, I liked when she was like, let me in, sister. <laughs> well, I like the name joke. That was Blinky. my favorite joke. Blinky was really great. No, With the password, the username Yeah, thing. the username. Yeah. That, I think, was probably my favorite joke of the episode, by far. 
I actually, to me, this was a, it felt, this episode felt a lot like demolition to me. It's stuff like, yeah. stuff like, I want to renounce all my worldly possessions except for all of my stuff. Yeah. And the clown um, stuff was uh, direct, uh, yes, very similar. Parallel to yeah. demolition. Yep, definitely. Um, there were same, same lines, things like that. Yeah. I, I really, this is, I think a big part of why I really, really like this episode is this is one of my favorite Riley episodes ever, that she is still being Riley, she's still being crazy, but she's caring about something that is understandable and real and not superficial. And about herself. Yeah, and about herself, yeah. It's not, because she's always driven by other people, she's never driven by herself. Yeah, and it, it does feel very Corey to me of overly obsessing about something and taking it to a crazy level that of going to see nuns like mm. I, that felt very that really worked for me um i like you know, that nun wasn't a lot of help no <laughs> but she named her blinky so it's okay poor nun representation <laughs> <laughs> um, i really did like uh rowan's reaction to the blinky thing i thought that was really really funny there was a lot of good facial reactions she's in this episode. so cute yes <laughs> who made this perfect human thank you rowan's mom and dad <laughs> Um, so then we get Topanga coming in, having saved the orphanage from the super of truck. Of did. Um, did you, so what do you think of this whole superwoman lighting effect thing? No. Funny. Really? But, a little, I mean, I, so again, the way I feel about this joke of them glowing gold and then kind of flying off to the taxi. Yeah. It's the same feeling that I have of the tone of the whole episode. I'm mm. enjoying it, but at the same time I'm like... Really? And so... What that, show is this? This <laughs> is what really confused me for the whole thing, is that I did actually enjoy almost everything. But whilst I was enjoying it, I was really confused and questioning why I was enjoying it. Therefore, <laughs> I'm not going to say in any way this episode was unsuccessful. This is why I didn't yeah. grade. It's just yeah. that it did not feel like Girl Meets World. It did not... I was not entirely satisfied with the way... See, with the tone of it, you know what I mean? I See, I disagree as far as... That, like, to me, this is not like when Eric shows up and he is, and, like, in the world of the show, he is becoming a senator and he's eating his earpiece and he's trying to stretch people out. And, you know, like, like, to me, when when Topanga does, like, okay, the trapeze thing, to me, is a step too far because, like, that's, like, actually supposed to have happened. But to me, like, what changed me. (laughs) (laughs) To me, when Topanga does that, that visual cue, I don't believe that in the world of the show, there was literally that visual cue. It's just, like, a heightened visual representation for the audience and of, like, what, how Riley's seeing the situation. So, to me, it's not the same thing as when, like, Eric comes in and literally does these things that break the world. I agree with that. I agree with that, that it is a different kind of changing the universe. But I think that what it does, particularly, like I said, with the laser eye Farquhar and... Uh, you know, some of these other things is it, it changes the tone of the show in a way that it's a little thing here and there all over. More, it's yeah. more than just a character coming in and a character's out of place and their actions are out of place. It's literally the entire tone of the show shifts, and it's like I'm, I don't, I don't know if it's bad. It's just like it's jarring. You know, I really See, felt I, I it was like I that really... so Raven or something like that. You know what I mean? I don't know that I would go that far. To me, it's I actually really, I think the reason I like things like this is because it is utilizing visual comedy and that it is doing something a little bit more experimental and that it isn't breaking the world of the show for me. And that I, I actually, the more I think about it, I don't think that me liking this episode really goes against what I've said in the past as far as wanting things to be 
down to earth because I still think that the world is down to earth. Is just what we're seeing is more heightened. I think the, actually the most out there thing in this episode is the fact that he goes to a circus, not the visuals of, you know, all those things. I don't know. For me personally, especially something like the laser eye, those are the kind of things that I see all the time in these kind of shows. And it's not something that I think particularly adds to the quality. I think it's I think it's kind of a cheap humor. I think it's like kind of a gimmicky thing. It's kind of like a repertoire that you know I'm sure it's in the Disney Channel repertoire to kind of add these mm. things, you know. I guess I can see where you're coming from, and I do think I'm not saying I. Well, let's wait till we get to the Terminator thing. That's very soon. Um, well, actually, we're basically here. So, yeah, Farkle is trying to learn basketball. He says it's, it's all. He's talking no, I, all about I physics. Do, I, so I just want to stop real quick. Uh, talk about yeah. Lucas. Okay. Because Lucas, okay. I was like, yeah, okay. Lucas, he's athletic, sure. Yeah. But he's a baseball player. Everything that we know is he's a baseball player. So literally, <laughs> he's supposed to be perfect mm. at everything. Literally, we're supposed to believe that he is 100% perfect in every sport just because just Lucas. Yeah. Well, no, yeah. because he's a he doesn't even work at it. <laughs> <laughs> well, as far as the wrestling part, that makes sense. Uh... I don't know about that because wrestling is a lot is very technique heavy. But. Well, I was like, but as like, what he did, I can I believe that that with the character we've seen. Can that, do okay, that. fine, that yeah. I buy. But basketball, I mean, I sure. Never, I didn't even really think about it. Yeah. I guess you have a point, and I will say I, the re- for me the reason this episode's an A minus is mostly things. Wait a minute, they said that they said he plays basketball. When did they say that? They said he's on the team. Did they? Because Farkle was like, you know how I. Feel or whatever about watching you on the on the court uh, playing the game. That's true. I mean, see, so here's the thing. So we saw them playing softball. Mm. You know, and he he was the pitcher, right? He was was he the pitcher on softball? We wouldn't explain. No, Maya was. Maya was the pitcher. He was okay. I don't remember, but that also that was no, also but, in gym class. That wasn't yeah. like. In, in, but he was said that he was on the yeah. baseball. Yeah, and, and Fish he talks about like hitting a home run and stuff. Yeah, I just feel like at and least four was, or five times, and he wasn't flaws. Well, you realize you can you can do multiple sports, and that basketball and softball are probably different seasons. They they are fine, but <laughs> baseball I, I, is I spring and basketball believing. is often winter. But still, I get why it's weird and annoying. I don't think it's that weird. I mean, all we've been told this character's super athletic on numerous occasions. I don't I know. and think about but it's it is an, it's an, it's getting annoying how and perfect he is. Think about how Corey was so obsessed with with um, bat baseball for like 30 episodes and then tried out for the basketball team. And right. He tried <laughs> out for the basketball team and he sucked. He wasn't already like the No, star but that's all I'm saying as far as that they have done this before as far as tr- switching up the the um Sport I mean, we've known that Lucas. Oh, no, I disagree. I think the whole Corey trying out for a basketball thing is totally organic. Really? And it's. I think yeah, it's it exactly no- the same thing, if oh, not no, le- I, if I not am, less I'm, organic. Okay, I, I am so on the opposite end of the spectrum about this with you. But the fact <laughs> you think it's unorganic that someone who is athletic inorganic. can be good at inorganic that someone who is athletic and good at one sport can't possibly be good at another sport. No, I'm saying it's inorganic the way that everything just got lumped on and shown to me. We have, we so. do know that Lucas likes basketball though, because oh, yeah. he's the he's the one who said that he wanted to talk about basketball when we get the amazing yeah. row battleship moment. Yeah. So there. <laughs> either way, I don't even. Either way, I'm not uh, totally on board with either of you, but I'm just gonna yeah. defend you both. I guess. <laughs> 
So I guess that de- means I defend him. I'm not even totally against what Keith is saying. I just think he's a little weirdly angry about it. It's a little silly, sure. He's a little Dan, too perfect. you've said before... Dan, you, what do you mean he's a little too perfect? Yeah, but First I'm of s- all, he's extremely perfect. Yeah, but to me, this this particular thing is just an extension of... Although now of- we're getting into levels of perfect. There's, like, kinda perfect, and there's, like, Lucas perfect. See, I have more of an issue with... <laughs> him with all the different ways in which he's perfect rather than just he's he's really good at multiple sports that doesn't really change anything to me because he's always been athletic or at least for a very long time he's been very athletic so that doesn't seem crazy to me it's more i get upset when he's the geek and he's athletic and he's the badass and he's the good guy and he's religious and like that's to me like if they added another thing like he was like really good at dance or he was good at crocheting or something that would be more of an issue to me I couldn't disagree with you more. Really? Yes, I don't even understand that. You're 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 literally arguing against character complexity. I'm I'm against <laughs> I'm against that. him being perfect in literally every area. If he's a really good athlete right, and he's well, good at multiple sports, that to me is the issue. All right. You you've agreed with this in the past that he's that he's too much of a Mary Sue and that they're making him literally perfect in every way. Right, but I mean the whole thing of him being athletic and a geek and then being able to have other things too. I think if there's specific enough things, it, I'm all for that. You know what I mean? I, I just think that he is too... There's He's definitely right now a placeholder because I don't know what... They don't have enough characters or something to appeal to every girl. Yeah, I agree. He, he is definitely being written that way because yeah, you're right, Dan, he's the bad boy, He but he's intelligent. Yeah. And he, he's someone you can bring home to your father and he'll ask permission and he's athletic. I don't think ha- adding bullet points... He'll put you points, on a white horse. I don't and, think adding bullet points to a character is character complexity. I think they have to like actually show what this nuance means for him to become complex. If you just add another bullet point of, oh, he's good at canoeing... That doesn't make him a more complex character. Like, <laughs> so I really want to see a summer camp episode. Oh yeah, that would be really fun, actually. Yeah. All right, but um, let's In talk winter. more about the Terminator thing. As far as I, I do think that they did it a few too many times, and I actually didn't really like how physics-oriented Farkle was in this episode. He was a little bit overly stereotypical it's a stereotype yeah, it's, just, it's um, a stereotype in the same way we talked about how they were stereotyping smackle and they were her, saying that in her addiction you know yeah. What I mean? yeah and in creativity he was saying that like it's not all just math you don't need just numbers yeah. and in this episode he's completely the opposite because lucas said not everyone is yeah cares about the numbers or something like that. i i don't remember quite what he said mm. but he said something to that extent they was like they and, should or something yeah farvel was like well they should and like at the same time to me it is like yes it's stereotypical but as someone who to be frank is probably overly negative of sports because of insecurities about not being good at sports i can understand where he would be not really seriously serious about his anger and whatever because it's mostly just a resentment towards people who are naturally gifted in that way and so that i actually as much as I do think that they went a little too far with the terminology and stuff, like you're like the word choice, I think that I actually really liked their bonding and that, that it actually felt like a solid subplot for these two, even though I don't think it was perfect. I don't know. I like the idea of it, and I was excited when they, you know, first had the whole Lucas has to help yeah. Farkle thing. I just think that Farkle in this episode really slid backwards and kind of got flattened out again. Hmm. Which I think he did not have. I know it didn't have to focus on him, but I think that he could have been more 
they could have written Fargo better in this episode to be more than just, I'm going to tell you how to throw this basketball with science because that's not something I've watched seven times in any yeah. episode of anything that a smart guy <laughs> yeah. ever. You know what I mean? I totally get that. I don't think that he became totally flat for me because I definitely saw the insecurity and the bitterness and the cynicism along with it. But, but all those things are part of the character stereotype that you get tacked on from this. You know what I mean? But either I way, just, I don't, I think e- that, even if that is something that's been done before, I don't think that that is a flat character. I think that that is a character that seems human to me that they have things that they're good at and they have things that they're bitter about and they but then i want to see that cynicism though i don't i don't just want it to have you know i mean i i don't think it was about that i don't know i felt like i felt the cynicism and that i that it was subtextual and i preferred that maybe that's because you were so (laughs) man maybe it's because of that time that you pushed me into the wall you deserved it in middle school you needed that you need it again. You should be punched in the face. I'm the one who wrote that review. <laughs> All right. So. Scene six, guys. <laughs> All right. Yeah, scene six. Is there really not anything else you want to say about that? Riley's here to run away and join the circus, and she's in the right As place. Is a given. And I don't like clowns. <laughs> was this really like a scary clown, though? He was gross. <laughs> okay. Poor... <laughs> What's his? He has a name that I didn't write down. Uh, Poor clown jingles. man. That sounds about yeah, right. Jingles the second, Jingles Jr. Yeah. or something like that. Um, he talks about how he ran away from home because he knew he could never live up to his father. The pretty flower. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, what did you think of this whole flower back and forth? Oh, Blinky. It was, you know, it, she's entertaining. Like a gift. <laughs> it was entertaining. It was, you know, for me, this joke I enjoyed, yeah. but it was one of those things. There was like. Right in the uh, in between, it's so painful to watch this character be like this, and it's funny at the same time I that I just wasn't sure what to. Think I of so I I don't remember why she said it, but she said yes, clown, yes, and it reminded me of <laughs> why science why. <laughs> That's good. I I also really liked Maya's delivery with I think it's not to the <laughs> flower. I I do think that this went on a little long, and that that might have been. That, to me, was the only part that felt a little off about it, but I did like it overall, and you're right that it felt very demolition-y as far as her mm-hmm. being overly naive, and I did like the the then on top of the water thing, the the paint on the face. Um, yeah. I mean, I liked again, I liked it, I enjoyed yeah. it, I just was confused. I just, this whole episode, I was just like, what exactly am I watching? I think I like it, but I'm not sure. <laughs> That's the, the, my my whole episode yeah. experience. I liked Sabrina's delivery of "What's the matter, honey? Did something happen?" Yeah. <laughs> that was cute. Yeah, and yes, something happened. Yes, very very astute. Yes. Now, if only she had gotten the green on her face and then looked at the flower. Ah. Mm. Um. All right. Then Corey comes <laughs> out, and he's the volunteer teacher of the clowns, which is something. And the trapeze thing, yes. Did Corey have something Actually, with you know clowns what? before? I feel like well, he did. I was going to say, there was that time he had the uh, the bozo nose in class, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and Mr. Freeney made him wear yeah, it for the rest yeah. of the class. I almost think there's a missed opportunity, because that could have been a nice yeah. comeback. It's not, exactly, it's not exactly funny. It's like almost... It's not exactly funny. Because <laughs> it's like almost weirdly tragic, because <laughs> of what the... No, no but because in, in the episode... Yeah what it was implied that you're just gonna end up being the funny guy you're not gonna do anything 
Yeah, I, yeah. I think they, they could have done, I don't know what, they could have done something with that. I, just, I think it would have been fine if he just, when he walked in, he just happened to have the red nose. Yeah, and they I mean, just didn't even draw attention to it. Right. I, like I said, the joke wouldn't have had to been anything more than a joke for the GMW audience, but it could yeah. have still been a callback that people, yeah. you know, people might have got something else. From you're, you're definitely right about that. I mean, obviously, this whole clown thing is super, it's like, to me, it's even significantly more ludicrous than the nun thing. I don't know why. I Because I believe, I believe Riley going to the nuns. <laughs> but the nun, I guess the circus thing is just the fact that he was able to find a circus so easily is insane. But whatever. It doesn't really bother me, honestly. But You know, if you want to run away to the circus, you're going to find a way. Yeah, that's true. Have Julia you ever tried Possible. to run away to the circus, Dan? I have not, have you? No, see, none of us really know how easy it is right. to find If you circus. run away to the circus, if you're in the circus, if you're a listener who's in a circus... Oh, right. if we have circus performer listeners, <laughs> I want to have them on. Yeah, tweet us in, at GMW Podcast. Tweet us in? Tweet in to us. Yeah. Yes. Tweet us in. Uh, <laughs> I really feel like this is our most awkward podcast ever. And it's mostly my fault. Uh, <laughs> scene seven, Bay Window. My parents are superheroes. Calm down, Blinky. Calm down, Blinky. Now, Blinky is the name of one of the ghosts in Pac-Man. Yeah, right? it is. Yes. Yeah. Which one is that? I don't remember what color. Uh, but it's Blinky. It's like Inky, Inky, Inky Blinky, 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 and Sue. And Stu? Then, I think it's Stu. It no, there, there is the red one. There is a Sue. There's, also, there's like a bunch of other ones in the different versions of the games. But... So if someone wants to get that up as I continue to talk, feel I free. am. Okay. Um, so there's this whole thing with he makes her bed, and then the, I'm pulling the covers off, and Augie's under the covers eating spaghetti. Now this I actually really like. It's liked. pokey. Yeah. Thank you. I'm so glad you liked this. What? <laughs> that he really liked the Augie thing. Oh. <laughs> this I think it was clever. I thought it was really good. Okay. So, interesting. So the red... Ghost. Real mm-hmm. name character name is Shadow. Nickname is Blinky. What's the actor's pink- name? <laughs> the pink ghost character name is Speedy. Nickname Pinky. Mm-hmm. The mint green ghost character name is Bashful. Mint green ghost <laughs> character name That's is That's a great Bashful. superhero. <laughs> the mint green ghost. <laughs> and their nickname is Inky. And the orange ghost character name is Pokey, and their nickname is Clyde. Oh, yeah, I remember Clyde, yeah. <laughs> I call this the reversal. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Clyde. Um, oh, Clyde. You slay me. You slay so, yes, me, Clyde. Augie was really, really funny. I, this is actually this like, is where the spaghetti wait, is. This was his entire thing in this episode. That hadn't really clicked for me. He came on to the set just to do this. Nice. That's that's what I want my dog to be is come show up and eat spaghetti and wave. You know, they don't necessarily Someone find me that job. Do do they absolutely shoot all scenes by episode? I believe they do, actually. Not necessarily always, but usually, because they do it like, this is the week we do this episode, this is the week we do this. Yeah, and they do it in front of the live audience. Though I'm sure a lot of this episode was not because of the green screen stuff. Yeah. Tis true. Wait a minute, Dan. You're telling me there was green screens? Yeah. If you can believe it. I'm pretty sure they went to Philadelphia in the 90s, (laughs) but I'll double check with you. 
Well, not not all of it was green screen, right? Because some of it was just set. It was just like a door. ER is real. Your door. <laughs> like when they were in front of the door, was that a green screen or was that just a door? Which door? The white door. Or like when they were at the bay window in the kitchen, that was probably actually a bay He's window. He's talking about the entrance to the house, Keith. Yeah, I mean, there were, I could definitely tell there were a couple times where they panned away to just the girls and they yeah. were obviously standing in front of a newer set because the camera yeah. quality was mm-hmm. a little different. Yeah. Um, all right, spaghetti. 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 So they talk about were the parents always perfect? How were they at our age? And do I'm you surprised like that Corey wasn't like part of jump- this, or not even part of this moment, but like immediately, like I'm not perfect. Do you know what mm. the hugest, biggest mistake hugest. they made in this entire episode was? <laughs> what? <laughs> they should have used ring power to travel back in time. <gasps> mm, that would have been good. <laughs> Though I mean, like no, comedically, I agree, but like mechanically, I no. actually don't. I, as I mean, far as even though, because they could have said, you know, let's imagine, and then mm. say, imagine with the power of friendship, and then no. you have ring power. Yeah, Maya okay. would have said no, and then Riley would have been like, ring power, like Maya been curses. Does, and curses. <laughs> okay. Yes. Yeah, that would have been good. Oh, no, I'm bad. <laughs> oh. um, did you like, it's not like someone recorded everything they did? Yes. Extra medium. I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was good. I thought it was funny and, and giggled. Yeah, especially, I, I mean... I don't know what to say more. Is if there is more, I want to say as far as the fact that Josh Jacobs wrote this episode that it just Jingleheimer Schmidt. It makes literally the whole episode meta, which is. I mean, the whole episode was a lot of meta all over the place. Yeah, so. it's like a super super meta episode. It's like a meta I think, sandwich. I think that's part of why I really enjoy it because I like meta humor a lot. Um, so they concentrate and they're gonna go back in time. Riley's gonna tell a story. Um, they cut to boy meets girl. Was the season one episode twenty one? I believe. Is there other twenty two in season one? No. Uh, sure. sh- second to last, that. second to last episode of season one. So okay, so they are in the worlds of the Matthews living room, and, uh, and they met it. They met that world so hard. Yeah. Maya tells her you tell a good story, Riley. Season yeah. one, episode twenty one. Boy meets girl. Mm-hmm. I was correct. Splendid. Yes. Um, so this is where it all began. We then be, I liked that we also, so we cut out to commercial here, and when we came back, they showed the outside of the yeah. house. Right, that, that was, was interesting. Nice. Yeah. yeah, I really liked that. And also the fact that we didn't get the whole reflected widescreen ickiness Garbage. that happened oh with Tommy. God. Garbage yeah. paper. Yeah, I, that, I that, really, that really would have hurt this episode for me quite a bit. Would have hurt it right happened. in its face. Right in its face. Right in its stupid face. I would have, had would have to heard it all over that stupid face. Sandwich or and a tuna sandwich at whoever made that decision. I really liked Maya saying "How you doing?" to saying "Hey Matthews, how you doing?" <laughs> I did too. Now, what exactly know. are we supposed to get from that? But she thought that he young was a tasty Corey dish. Was... Whoa! <laughs> That's whoa. I mean, do you somewhere. guys know the reference "How you doing?" Yeah. I mean, okay. there's a lot of... How You Doing is specifically friends. a reference to Friends, because that's Joey's, like, catchphrase. Um, Even it was I'm, in Boy Meets World? I assume so. Because, no, not, not how you... Do, it's specifically how you doing, as, like, a, as a pickup line, is the catchphrase. How, well, are you sure? Because I'm pretty sure in Boy Meets World, uh, Corey would say, how you doing? Or someone... 
but that's yeah. diff- that's different. No, that's different, Keith. This was this was the friends thing. Yeah, this is how how you doing? As fuck as as much as like as a come on. I mean, it's it, I, I'm not saying that it was definitely on purposely a friends the friends thing, but it definitely mm-hmm. felt it was like a, it was uh, vestigial kind of cultural yeah. thing that became normalized into that. Yes. Yeah. I thought I thought that was funny. I liked that. Um, what so just generally now that we're into the weird story zone of flashback. I was actually picturing it. We will like, henceforward uh, reference this as the warp zone. Mm. <laughs> um, during the scene, I was picturing if like Riley was blocking Lucas or something. Blocking uh, Lucas? What? You're saying yeah, if they, they if were they playing the sock it. game together. Uh, like I was picturing them doing the sock game. Mm. And that I was would like, be nice. and I was like picturing like what Rowan's physical comedy would be. Because well, Rowan is tall, in- so that would actually actually be good at that. Actually, <laughs> the best thing would, they could possibly do is if they made it look like they were going to redo the scene, but then uh, Raleigh got super into it and got really aggressive. <laughs> you know what I mean? And she found her damn thing, like, like, like the Nick's rant. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And she actually like totally. And she was like wicked good at the yeah, totally. She, she, like, she like she like she like like whipped down like Lucas threw something up and Lucas was just like uh <laughs> you know what I mean what yes. just happened she's like I don't even have to try it this yeah <laughs> my moment is my moment <laughs> this is my I moment like just, I needed a Lucas going insane <laughs> episode because he hasn't had his moment yes <laughs> Any, but did. anybody other than Farco going insane, I'm on board for. Actually, I, yeah, I would love to watch an episode around Lucas where, like, something is keeping him up at night. And mm. he's having hallucinations and has something to do with how crazy the girls are. You know he I mean? would actually, he would do so well in, like, a hor- horror episode. Yeah. As fuck, he's, like, like a thriller. freaking out and, like, yeah, like, he did, actually, he had, like, the way he acted in Fish actually worked really well for stuff like that. When he was, like... He was nervous about being interrogated and stuff. It worked really well. That would be awesome if they did that. <laughs> yeah. So did you, do you did you ultimately like these scenes of connecting them? I know that when I, I was did. when I was watching season one of Boy Meets World, like rewalking it like last year, I was like, man, it would be so cool if there was some way to have you know young Ben Savage and Rowan interacting. And this, I mean, this is the closest you could possibly get to that. And I, I really right. enjoyed it. Yeah, I will I, say I, it was. Like I said, it's the best integration of uh, flashbacks or old footage that we've had so far. Mm-hmm. This is sort of the in the warp zone is the height of my confusion because the height. I will say that I had a what I might describe as a positive emotional reaction <laughs> to the viewing of these scenes. Yes, in a way that utterly baffled me. <laughs> I I liked I I must have liked it. You know, mm. I, I must. I must have liked it. But at the same time, I was just like, "What am I watching?" It was. <laughs> I was just so. There are no words. I was just my brain. I, it was so surreal for me mm. because I was. I was like, I felt like I was watching like a DVD commentary <laughs> of Boy Meets World, but it was like they were in the show, and it was the girls, and they were just commenting on it and just like. As I if they be... were watching it on TV, except they were in it, and I'm watching it on TV, yeah. and I was like, "What is happening?" So they you should be. What they need to do is release a full series box set of the whole Boy Meets World, but with Rowan and Sabrina just in the world, right? Yes, commenting <laughs> on it as things were happening, like as if they were just watching it together on a couch, but oh they're in God. it. I, and that's is... basically how I felt. Yeah. So now I you think understand. It's pretty, it's pretty sublime. 
and uh, Sublime. Love it. <laughs> I really, really, really had a lot of fun with this. It was definitely fun, and again, I, it just felt like the, they should have done it for a special, some sort of mm. special, some sort of. But why does that matter? Because because it was the first huge departure, and we have not had one like this even close to it. And but be- I'm saying, like, why does marketing have to make Because, like, obviously, and, unless from this point on, this is how the show is, this is still going to be looked back on as a special episode, an out-there episode. Like, think about, like, 1961. Mm-hmm. Like, that wasn't, like, an event. They just had an episode where all the kids were their ancestors. Like, right, but they it- did it in a way that did not disrupt the universe of the show. And we've we've talked about this before, how they can do this and have these one-offs and do these fun experimental things without actually, quote, breaking the universe. Well, I don't think the, they did. What about the closet and the Shangri-La? Yeah. Right. What and about, was, and then there was Sean. Oh, no, and I agree, but those are all later things, and I think they earned that. And I think that they're, I think they're getting close to the point that they can earn that, but I think that the first step to that is think about when uh, – they went back and it was the war, you know, the t- the yeah. time ball thing with Salem the cat. Yeah, that was one of the the earlier ones that totally broke everything down. And the way they did that was by using the gimmick of the marketing campaign. And from that point afterwards, they were able to to deviate and do things like that without having to explain it because they ha- had already done it. You know what I mean? I guess. I mean, I just don't think that the marketing is what... I think that if I look back at this season, I'll just think of this as the crazy episode and that it was a special episode. It just happened to not be marketed in a specific... To me, it's just like, and then there was Sean. And yes, that is later in the show. But you have to think about the fact that this could easily be a four-season show. And so on that timeline, we are at that point now. And so... In that way, I don't really mind that. Like, I do, again, I don't want every episode like this. But if, like, if the next four, if the next six are just totally down to earth, I don't think there's any. I issue mean, with again, this. at the same time, I really do think that if they had done the ring power, or yeah. if she found like a magic bunny, and while she was holding the magic bunny, that's when they could. <laughs> that seems totally it. contradictory of what you're saying. No, because I, I think... I'm going to make that magic bunny eat you. <laughs> Moving on to scene time. I just think that the, as far as like a... That is a totally tangible, contradictory. A tangible catalyst. A tangible catalyst that is... This magic this, bunny is, is tangible. This is more tangible to me. They're imagining and playing pretend and she's telling a story that this is more realistic than a magic bunny. No, because I don't, I, I don't wholeheartedly buy that as the explanation. That's the problem because they actually were in it. I, yeah, it's like but a, it's, it's just like fun. Space. No, I agree. And again, I said I liked it. I just... I am thinking about other ways that they could have done it. Uh, yeah. Moving on. Um, so there is, I will say that there are some things that I, that sort of sit funny for me as far as the comments made. So like stuff like, um, he's as weird as you, as you are. Um, it, they already know that he's a weirdo. He's currently still a goofball weirdo. They didn't have to go back in time to figure that part out. So that's a little bit strange to me. Um, they went back in time with the power of friendship. <laughs> Do you think that Topanga was really perfect in the sock game? Um, I mean, sensible, sensible perhaps composed, yeah. composed, mature. It, to if that's what you're seeing by itself, then I can like, uh, like if you don't have the context of how she has was in the rest of season one, then I think that scene she's not super crazy. I guess that's fair. I mean, they should have had her sitting on the bouncy ball, doing the Chewbacca sounds. 
know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that she... I think what it is is that he comes off so heightened, he just comes off as, like, feeling awkward around his craziness. In in the context of Corey, she's normal. Yeah, I agree. Which is weird, because the season one Boy Meets World as, as a whole, you would definitely not get that. Yeah, yeah. It's a weird perspective thing. Yeah. Um, so they get they return to the bay window with the idea that the mom was perfect even then. So what hope does she have? Go to scene ten. We have Farkle's presentation. Uh, what did you think of this whole thing? Like basically, what is his message here? That like it doesn't matter if you're not great as long as you try. Is that the idea? Like mm-hmm. as long as you're part of the I team. I think so. The power of friendship. Yeah, I, I didn't. This this is to it was me a like, weird tangent. Yeah, not my favorite part of the episode. And, and again, another way they could have incorporated actions easily. I, yeah. yeah, I like how they give these weird, kind of abstract uh, presentations like over several days. Mm. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, that is interesting. I thought about that too. I really liked the Maya fi- Farkle high five thing. Mm-hmm. Nothing. I thought that was interesting. I did. I did like that. I liked my I mean, the way he delivered the no. I thought was really funny. Yeah, and he didn't understand the context, but was disappointed. Yes, <laughs> I thought that was. I thought that was a lot of fun. Priority mail was it? What? what? He's making some sort of joke, but I don't I, know what it's in reference to. But I couldn't. But I couldn't hear what he said. Something That's about it. priority mail. Yeah. The way she delivered the no. Oh, oh my god! But we had—I had said to deliver the no a while ago, though. You gotta be. We kidding. had already moved on. Keith, I thought you. Gotta be <laughs> I'm angry. All right. Um, Scene eleven. <laughs> no, I do want to say that I'm. No. I was. I particularly liked how that high five thing played out because I think they could have easily actually done a, a hip moment. Oh yeah, as that far been as yeah, and that no would have been gross. So I'm glad that that didn't been happen. Grody McRoderson. Like, I, well, like in, if, if you even forget about whether it was with Farkle, like I could picture this episode ending and they like want to lay a moment and they have Lucas and her do that. And, I would not. Yeah, want that I'm really either. glad they didn't go that direction. Um, this was much better. All right, so they go back to the bay window. Yes, they're talking yes. about how Dan, you. They always go back to the bay and window. And then they remember that there was once another bay window. Oh. And at first, I was like, what the hell are they talking yeah. about? I have to say that this, I this didn't work for the me. Fence. Yeah, I thought they were going to go to the fence or something. Mm. Uh, this didn't work for me because, like, yes, it ex- it existed, right? They're not totally making yeah. this up. No, but it, it, it was so, exist. it was never in any way even remotely important to the series. I don't even know if we ever saw someone sit there yeah. before. It was, yeah, it was just as, as uh, extreme background. So, Girl Meets, purely Girl Meets World fans who are listening, do not be fooled. Yeah. That they bay window is not important. That bay yeah. window is not this bay window. Bay window is not bay. <laughs> well, <laughs> see, like, that bay window is an example of how the old sets were actually three-dimensional, and there was, like, ex- there was a bunch of depth. Yes. And it wasn't like a video game scrolling left to right. <laughs> and I'm so glad you understand. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I, that was a little. That was us trying a little too hard. But I did like. So we cut to Corey's alternative friends. I believe episode four of season yeah. one. Uh, Hold in, on. Yeah, and there she's doing her crazy dance. Topanga's doing her crazy dance. Um, performance art. You so what right, do you think Dan. of Tope- of Maya doing the same thing behind her? Extra medium. I thought it was funny because I think it's something that she she would totally make fun of them if she mm. was seeing them in the moment. Yeah. 
But, but, also, but it was also making it awkward because, mm-hmm. like, they're, they're concentrating really hard. <laughs> Basically, the way that I... I'm, I could be completely wrong, mm. but the vibe that I got there was less that it was Maya making fun of anyone, that it was more Sabrina enjoying the moment because she enjoys that scene and then, like, wanting to be a part of it. See, I, I thought of something completely different than either of you. <laughs> like, I, I guess making fun of is was sort of my reaction, but more just, like, reveling in the silliness as much like yes it is like sort of mocking but more just like in more just like how she likes doing her little dances around and and playing the guitar or whatever it felt more just like loving the just the reason she likes riley to begin with like loving the silliness yeah i agree with that i did it did feel a little off and strange to me it felt like he was lagging a little bit too much behind her. There was one yeah, I think main it was transition because she was, that she's... Yeah. I yeah. think it was honestly because they were looking at a screen. Yeah. And, it, um, I'm just confused because I don't understand how you couldn't fix that in editing. Actually, I didn't see that as an editing mistake. I saw that as, realistically, if you were watching someone for the yeah. first time doing this dance move, you don't know what the choreography yeah. is. You're That's watching true. them and you're trying to figure out. So the simpler things she was doing quicker, yeah. but then when the gestures kind of got bigger, she kind of was like, okay, let me watch this, and then she did it. See, you know, I thought about that too, because I actually I watched this part of it a few times, cause, and I did think, yes, she has to see it and then react to it, not just do it in unison. It right. still felt a little bit too off. It felt like a, just a, like a like very like microseconds too off yeah. for me, but that's totally... I, I noticed it, and I thought about it, but at the end, yeah. I agreed with what they did. Yeah. They share a nice look during the lipstick on the face part, which I enjoyed. There, there was a part of this scene that annoyed me. Mm-hmm. When Topanga says, um, like, I don't think I'm weird, I think I'm unique, and then yeah. Riley repeats that. It's like, you weren't here because you thought you were weird. This is not why you time-traveled right. to Philadelphia in the 90s. You time-traveled to Philadelphia in the 90s. <laughs> To see where your parents started yeah. and what that means for you, and like, and you were struggling with being average, not yeah. weird. It's like they saw no, you weren't struggling with other people's perceptions. You were yeah. struggling with the perception of yourself. They yeah. solved a problem that was never asked. I think they could have just cut the scene when <laughs> that he really says. Made me <laughs> I, I definitely agree with that. I think they should have just cut the scene when she when Maya said you're both of them because that was the mm. actual moment you're, that was important. You're Corey with Topanga's hair. Yeah. Well, except that this is this episode is trying to say she isn't Corey with Topanga's hair. It's trying to say she actually yeah. is both of them. That she would do the crazy dance and she would take a crazy chance. Um, and. Come on. Neither of you? Neither? No, no. I said, yeah. I got it. Oh, I didn't even hear you. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh. No, I know where you're going there. <laughs> what, um, what? what did I miss? Hillary, Hillary Duff. Huh? Why Is not it? do a crazy dance? Why not take a crazy chance? Oh. Yes. Yeah. Um, I, Why not? Yes. <laughs> um, so I did write the side note in the notes here. I have a CD on my bookshelf, actually. Good stuff. So they talk about how Riley, she's just like you, and... I guess I, I think what I'm about to say is nitpicking, but A, it doesn't really make sense as far as Riley already knows this story. It's it's, it's literally... Yeah, the way that she came impossible. to her realizations in this yeah. through Maya... That, that's why that's they should have was, literally traveled time. ...was bothering me, and that's why I was agreeing with Keith in the beginning of like how she like got to her realizations was too quick. Well, okay, I guess I... I guess it's, to me, thinking about it more, it makes a little bit of sense as far as Maya is the one who helps her get there. So if you're talking about it as far as 
a story. Riley's telling her the story, and Maya's interpreting it differently than how Riley thinks of it and helping her realize something she hadn't thought of before. I, I guess, just thought it happened too quickly. Yeah. I buy what you're saying. I just think it happened too quickly. I yeah. think that it's just really what it is. The mechanics were in limbo. The mechanics of the show, the episode, were in between memory and time travel, yeah. and they didn't explain it that well. And I think that was the problem. They were just hoping that you would get past it. I think that if, even though it would have heightened and broke the universe more, if they actually had something that catalyzed the time travel and actually put them there and they enter the warp zone, it would have made more sense that it was this realization because she would not have the clairvoyance just having the story told. And if she did, she wouldn't need to do it to know what she was looking for. See, okay, so I'm not against things like the ring power magic or whatever. The reason I was saying it was contradictory is because I just think that that's even more like we should be having a special episode now if you're going to literally be doing magic. But or at least whatever. if it's in-universe. I mean, it makes it more cohesive in the universe of the episode. I guess. Um you better get. I think that maybe it would have helped. Then. You better know. It might have helped if Corey was literally telling them the story. Because um, then, as, as opposed to Riley having already heard this, but still getting a realization, even though she's the one telling the story. Mechanics-wise, yes. Entertainment value, no. Yeah, I can see that. Which is why they have this weird limbo. I also threw out that we had already had Gromit's Popular, where she kind of realized that Topanga was like this in the past. So there's, there's that little thing. But, uh, again, these are nitpicks to me. It's not a huge deal. Yeah, this um, was better than popular. Though. Definitely, definitely better. All right, so... That was my favorite episode. <laughs> definitely. You're both of them. Scene 13. Um, so Riley's talking. I'm not going to fall off the face of the earth. There's no end to my horizon. She does the little dance thingy. See, another awkward presentation. It's like, it's fine that she feels this way, she says these things. The next like, day. Yeah, but it's just the presentation to the class is awkward and not necessary. Well, you know, thing really? Is, in Boy Meets World, I'm trying to think. I know they did do things like this. They presented to the class what the lesson was. Yeah. But they did not do it quite as much. They could learn a lesson for themselves and yeah. within the, group, uh, the unit of friends express these ideas and not need to do it in front of class. Is that correct? Yeah, I guess what I'm... As a general issue that the show has, like, in the context of the other episodes, I agree with you guys that, that they fall back on this too often. As far as this particular episode goes, I didn't really have a, any sort of issue with it. Again, because it doesn't feel that different than what I actually had in real life, that I don't think it's... Depending on the type of crazy hippie liberal teacher you have i can see this totally happening and i agree with that and i will i will be okay with it when they have more things like the episode of boy meets world where the two girls are in the front of the class and they took out the fish bones out of like the acid tank at the end of their presentation and then Corey went yeah out. i agree until they have things like that i'll just be like yes. what are you doing guys yeah or no, in right. the boy meets world pilot where the other kids are mm. doing romeo and juliet yeah definitely yeah, that's 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 very very reasonable. Especially if it's over two days. Yeah, yeah. Like literally, literally seconds. Literally seconds. Yeah, and you can get in, in addition to just the fact the practicality and the fact that it makes the world feel more real. You can get a little ridiculous joke by just having the scene start with Yogi rolling away on skates, and then Ro- and then Rowan walks up. You know who I want to see? I want to see Dave. Dave. <laughs> Nothing is impossible for Dave. 
or I'm everything. sure Dave thinks so. <laughs> um, so then we get the whole Phillies cap moment. Um, ah, well, Phillies wrong. <laughs> uh, I I spelled Phillies wrong. Yeah, it's an I E S. My bad. I don't care about sports. I'm like Farkle. Yeah, but Dan, this is just English at this point. Uh, Farkle can at least spell Dan. (laughs) (laughs) I fixed it. Whatever. So she she talks about they gave them the best part of both of them. I'm going to. I'm not going to be your mom. And he goes. That's so not did what we like want you to 90s be. Corey give her this Phillies cap? No. Oh, <laughs> that's an interesting theory. I don't think so. I she guess said you could. gave it to me a long time ago. Don't you remember? And he says no. Basically, I, guess... I wasn't sure if it was like a combo between like kind of true and kind of a metaphor. It's like as in you gave me these characteristics to be this way a long time ago, and I still carry them, and this is me showing them. And I caught, and also like maybe that combined with, oh yeah, you gave this to me when I was younger and you forgot. Slash, maybe I'm lying and I stole it out of your closet. But that's <laughs> an interesting theory. I like that whole like the I, time warp thing. I guess that it is open to interpretation, but I, nothing about about this episode actually seems to be time travel to me. I guess interpret it as maybe it's something he offhandedly gave her when she was five and for kind of forgot about, and then the fact that she held on to it and still matters to her was tucking to him. The warp zone. But I guess She can... looks so cute in the hat. <laughs> Pretty sure the she warp should, zone. She should wear more hats. I know we completely breezed over this, but both the girls' hair in this episode are really interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love the top knot. I, mean, I also been, like the myself, um, continued use of her wearing overalls. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. She is a farmer. Mm-hmm. Bunny. Bunny farmer. Yeah. Do you think that I'm a farmer when I wear my overalls, Keith? Should we start calling her Bunny Blanchard? <gasps> yes, we should. <laughs> All right. No one answered me. Blanchard. No one cares, Kate. Strategically. So audible.com. I'm strategically com. a farmer? Oh, you strategically didn't answer me. (laughs) Audible.com. Shut up. Uh, Caitlin, what do you recommend for Audible this week? All right. So, as some of you may have noticed, and if you didn't notice, I'm quite angry with you. I was not on last week's episode. I didn't notice. You aren't? Guys. I thought you made some really great points last week. I'm quitting the the (laughs) podcast. You make me so sad. So I think I have Jeremy's number here somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) Say your recommendation. You're going to be a star, kid. You're going to be a star. (laughs) Stick with us, kid. Caitlin, you are the jewel of this podcast. I know. And And most importantly, the star of this segment. Yes, so do it. You won't. (laughs) All right, fine. So my audible uh, recommendation this week is The Curious Incident of the Dog in the Nighttime by Mark Haddon. And the main character, though it's never stated, uh, the main character describes himself as a mathematician with some behavioral difficulties. And um, in interviews, the author has referenced possibly um, Asperger's Syndrome, high-functioning autism, or Savant Syndrome. And the main character is uh, 15 years old, and it starts off with, uh, he describes him, himself, uh, what his world is like. He's very specific and detail-oriented. We are told that um, 
his father is uh, currently a single father because his mother had died uh, two years before the book takes place. And it starts off with a dog, a neighbor's dog that is killed. And uh, because the, you know, he is different, uh, the neighbors blame him and the police uh-huh. come and he has a strained uh, communication with the police because mm. of his... Um, whatever his... Uh, well, don't give away the whole book. <laughs> I'm, I'm giving away the first chapter. Oh, okay. <laughs> Bruh. Calm down. Anyways, it delves deeper into his personal relationships and how he deals with other people and also uh, his uh, ability to work out the world around with him, how to cope with things and What things like age that. rank is this? Uh, you mean the readers? Yeah. Uh, I read it in high school. I I think I read it when I was like 15, 16. Hmm. Interesting. Um, and it takes place in London. Oh. So. Okay. Yeah. Are you done? Yep, I'm done. Okay. Check it out. It, Check it, was it out. Cool. Audibletrial.com slash GMW podcast. If you want to get that for free, it will help us out. It'll help you out because you'll have a quality book. Before we end out, do you want to throw one? Do you have any quick thoughts, Caitlin, about I Am Fargo? I'm just thinking about this now. Oh, um, sure. I wasn't prepared, but I can do that. Um, I enjoyed I Am Farkle. I probably give it B, B plus. It was fun. It had good humor. I think it was mostly balanced. I think the way that they wrote some of the characters, like the, the core four other than Farkle, was mm. awkward. I thought that Riley would have really just acted the way Smackle acted. Yeah. If it wasn't for the fact that they needed Smackle. It was very obvious why they brought in Smackle when you saw Smackle. Yeah. Um, I, when I, I did like the penguin joke. Mm-hmm. I, I hear that was a hit from Keith. Um, and uh, I don't enjoy it being Jennifer. Farkle's mom. Yeah, me either. I Jennifer. don't like it. I told you to call her Jennifer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I really I really did not enjoy the Jennifer thing. Why is thing. Keith making me laugh so much? I don't I really don't know. <laughs> Honestly, I couldn't tell you. <laughs> Uh. Anyways, um, Luke. My one of the biggest things I want to point out is uh, Lucas comes off as so awkward. But it's <laughs> not either. He is written well when he is one on one with someone, or when it's the core four. But when Farkle is not there, he is just the weird tag along <laughs> friend. Well, he's the, he's the, the third wheel. <laughs> he is. Mm. He really is, though. He is so awkward when <laughs> it's just the two girls. And actually, the doesn't matter who which of them he ends up with. I'm kind of looking forward to scenes where he's dating one of them and does it and is just like awkward about the whole situation of the three of them hanging out. As far as his performance, time will tell. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. As fuck as like I'm not even saying because like he picked one or the, over the other. Just the awkward enough, him feeling awkward because he's like, oh, we're in a relationship, but we I don't want the third person to feel awkward being here now. And good guy, I, Lucas. Yeah. And uh, L- Lizadora Frackle. Oh my. <laughs> no, no, didn't we? He's getting me. You want is a Dukas. I'm not on board with is I like Lizador. That, that doesn't even make any sense. That's combining first and last name. No. 
How is Isadora is her first name? Yeah, Lucas is his first name. Oh, oh you're doing. Yeah. I thought you were doing Minkus. No, oh. I thought you were combining Isadora and Minkus, and I got very. Oh, no, we're doing Smackle and Lucas. Okay. Isadukas. <laughs> It was a little forced, You're but I also thought was, sweet on, and it, shut uh, up. Caitlin is talking. Is, is a Dukas frackle. <laughs> Caitlin. Um, I thought it was a little forced, but I also thought it was sweet and cute, and, I w- and I'm kind of on board with uh, Smackle and uh, Farkle. Mm-hmm. And just, God, Lucas, take a hint. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on board with it as far as, like, I thought the two actors had chemistry, and it's a yeah. positive representation to put out that Smackle can and, have a oh positive relationship, but I guess don't, I'm still not really on board with Farkle with anyone quite yet. Well, well let yeah. me ask a question, because I, I don't know the answer to this, and hopefully one of you do. Okay. We were talking about the end of the last podcast, if we thought that people were going to actually get serious shipping moments out of the the jacket scene. No. No, Nobody people did. apparently like a very like the fandom is more united than they've ever been between about <laughs> about Sm- Smackle and Farkle. That this is like that that's like the so, so nobody even picked up on it. Very 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 few people. Wow. Yeah. Really? I I picked up on that. I did Dukas. too. I guess what well, picked up on might be doesn't necessarily mean I'm anything. On, I'm on Keith's side. <laughs> Team is Dukas. We're, we're united. I don't know. I'm I'm fine with either, but not we're that excited about either. Yeah, I feel you, I guess. Uh, like, as far know. as I don't, I'm, like... Is, I don't know. L- Lizadora. Lizadora. Before I make Lizadora. any... Tweet, tweet in your vote. I think that knowing how much Smack will actually be around will affect how I feel about That's either. That's because yeah. she was going yeah. to get a different uh, show. And then it I got, that failed, that killing. That it, failed to it do so. It did fall through. Yeah. But she could easily get, I mean, that was last year. It's a now pilot season again. You know, she could mm-hmm, get another mm-hmm. show. Who knows? It's pilot but. season. They're hunting pilots. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right. Why? Well, we went Stove over our hour beware. and a half mark, so I'm going to end us out here. Um, let's be honest, guys. Do you think we'll actually do a supplemental mail time podcast at some point? Only time will tell. All right. We're going to – I really hope to. I hope to do a supplemental one. Listen, depends um, on how you know good your tweets are. Yes. What? So it depends on how good your tweets are. So do we want mostly tweets? Do we want voice messages? What do we – I don't know. It, it's up to you, listeners. Mm-hmm. To provide the kind of content that Dan can be proud of. That Dan can say, hey, you know what? I'm going to make another podcast just for you. Yeah. Yeah. The burden is on you, listeners. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. <laughs> really is the most awkward podcast because of Dan. Yep, I'm happy about it. All right. Yeah, you laughed like the first 10 minutes of the episode. but That was better than that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, I really liked this episode. I had a lot of fun. And uh, if you want to send feedback, you can do uh, so. Uh, what? What do you want? I wanted, <laughs> I wanted to say, I, I knew there was another thing that I wanted to talk about. I am Farkle. Okay. Spit it out. That the whole, and the, just this whole theme with Smackle and Farkle from before. And we talked a little bit about this. And I know you talked a lot about it on the podcast because Keith told me I haven't listened to the podcast yet. I'm sorry. What a uh, jerk. I know. I know, I know. But God, does it piss me off. I, like, I 
screamed at the TV, the whole, uh, you know, opposites attract and, like, oh, like yeah. horses don't attract. No. Like, hey, we have nothing in common. We're going to do great together. No. <laughs> no, you stupids. I, well... Watch I the language. I wouldn't go that far. I do think that opposites attract. I just don't think that that means that like forces repel. I think that they can attract in different ways. I think that there are there are definitely I'm instances just that of, these of opposites are stupid, attract. These are just dumb criteria yeah. for a relationship. It's like, yes, sometimes two people who are just really different, you wouldn't expect to work out, no. do against all odds mm-hmm. that you would Like expect. the nun and the clown. Oh my. What? <laughs> I ship it. Wow. Oh, stop. Stop <laughs> now. For so many reasons. One, my ability to go to bed tonight. All of the <laughs> orphanage kids go and... to be trapeze artists. Oh my. This is like a new, whole new show. This is American Horror Story. <laughs> <laughs> that actually is funny that those are both elements that I would kind of associate yes, with. Yes, they've American done Horror asylum and, yeah. they have, and they've done circus. That's really funny. Have they done robots? No, they're doing no. hotel. Season season six, Farkle? American Horror Story Farkle? Mm-hmm. 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 Farkle is an American Horror Story. Yep. Oh. <laughs> All right, let's end the podcast. <laughs> Before I already get... Tweet so that at Michael lists. Jacobs. <laughs> <laughs> um, friendship. Oh um, loyalty so Loyalty that. is a really important quality in any friendship. So if there's one thing I want you all to take away from this episode is that like forces repel, opposites <laughs> attract. Thank you and good night. And if you want to email us, you can do so at gmwpodcast at gmail.com. Send us a voice message under three minutes and maybe we'll include it in our supplemental thing. I really hope that happens, but we'll see. Um, and send us tweets at GMWPod on Twitter and check GMW out our podcast. Just in case. Oh, yeah, yeah. Podcast. <laughs> That's I, important. I'm sorry. My, my Scream one is at ScreamPod, so I, that got in my brain. Um, I think that was just an excuse to advertise your other show. Yes, at ScreamPod on Twitter. And we're doing horror movies all October. Monstober. And, yes, all Monstober. And nice. God, maybe, I love Halloween. I just love there's Halloween. There's gonna actually. It's there's Halloween. gonna be like. Nice. Um, what do you? How are we gonna tackle the fact that like it was all within like a week or two? There is the Girl Meets World Halloween episode. There's the Best Friends Whenever episode with Riley and Lucas, and there's Ry- Rowan's movie. We're just gonna have to do it. Should we just do, do like one so one big episode? I don't know. What? It depends. No. It depends. Girl meets Monstober. Yeah. Kids meet Monstoberfest. Yeah. All right. Okay. Thank you guys so much for listening. Write us a review on iTunes that doesn't include being punched in the face. Or do. And no, don't. You can write us a comment on the blog gmwpodcast.com if you want to punch someone in the face. Anyone, not not even one of us. Yes, if you want to punch someone in the face, send us a comment. And um as always, dream Try? Try to withhold from violence. Class dismissed.